Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. The Bible Talks is a show that discusses deep theology in a simple way. So if you're interested in theology, but don't consider yourself a theologian, this is the show for you. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead Southern Hills Church in Las Vegas. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk. You can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or at KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. We always start with a little fun. Are you ready, Josh? Let's do it. Heather, today we're joined in the studio with Dave and Anna Tice, um, of, of whom I am their progeny. We are glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an us. honor. It's great to be here. Well, um, today we have a little bit of fun. We always, uh, You know, you listen to every episode. At this point, Heather, What's been your favorite episode yeah, what's so your favorite far, episode, Dad? Dr. Dad? My, my favorite episode was the one where you were discussing the Bible, and I just loved, I loved that is a the great things answer. that you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. You, you take the Word of God and you make it so simple. Yeah, I feel so like you easy don't listen. To understand, and so that is that's definitely what I, was my favorite one. I I get what's happening now. Okay, mm, I yeah. don't think he listens to this, Heather. I don't think so. That's fine. Um, I just have to process this um, it, for a minute. Maybe I'll pause the show. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> okay. Now, this episode is all about favorite books I, we've I read. I don't need to say this. What? I just want to say this, that yeah. I have listened to so many episodes, I can't remember one specific <laughs> one. And because uh, of that, um, oh, because of that, I mean, really, I yeah. really enjoy the interaction between you and Heather. Well, we have a lot of charm. You do that's have charm. And grace. And grace. Grace? Grace. So we have a lot of charm and grace, and people don't realize that um, until they start listening. And the more they realize, the more they listen, yeah. they suddenly realize it's not what they first thought. It's pretty much impossible not to fall in love with us as you listen to this. Well, that's yeah, that yes. would be natural since you're one of my descendants. And agreed. Yeah, and how you doing there, Anna Tice, my mother? Good. Okay, you have to speak into the microphone. No, she's not going to do it. She's shaking her head. No. Some people don't believe you exist. <laughs> Some people think we've made you up because they don't see you enough. I'll tell you, she's all but real. She's just very shy, and that's okay because mm-hmm. she made a lot of outgoing people. Now She sure did. Heather, the extroverted family, the most extroverted family I, I, I think I've ever met. You just said that like you're exhausted. <laughs> I'm a little tired today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Heather. She go. is the strength behind the... the uh, Everything. She is the wind beneath my wings. I don't think so. She is. But I thought, this is funny. I don't know if I've ever told you all this. Growing up in Alabama, of course, my parents are much quieter. We lived in the country, so it's quiet. I thought I was an extrovert. And then I married into the Tice family and discovered that I am very much an introvert. (laughs) I love my family of extroverts. But I was like, wow, I just thought I was an extrovert, I think, because I lived with Melvin and Martha for so many years. You should see us at um, family gatherings. Um, Like the three-ring circus or four or five or twelve-ring circus. Well, I mean, whenever I show up at their house, it's like I'm a lunatic. (laughs) Oh, at their house. house. You toned it down, but you would get bored. He would get really bored. That happened with with, uh, Anna's family. Family, when I would, one one of my sister in laws looked at me and said, "You think everything is funny? You think everything is funny?" <laughs> and I just laughed at her. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
That's oh. awesome. So, Heather, what's the fun question that you have for us? Okay, today? our fun question today is if you were going to college in the fall and you had to make a career change, so no more Pastor Dave, oh, no more Pastor word. Josh, no more Pastor Heather. Wow. <gasps> Just uh, kidding. <laughs> uh, what would you study? Oh, not. What would you study would if you I had to make a career fall. So, uh, for those who don't know, I actually studied my degrees in advertising and public relations. This is true. Since I, you can assume what Josh and Dave studied, you have to know I have to make a career change. So, Could you please refer to me as Pastor Josh? Thank you. Yes. Pastor Joshua. Um, what would I study in the fall? That's a great question, but I could not, I could not go into ministry. Nope. So like that's by edict of, of who? Yeah, so you like, guys study God? something for another profession. Okay, so God wants me to be something else. Yes. Um, I would probably study history. History? What would you do with that? I would teach history. Oh, really? A history? T- now, are you serious? You would not go into business? I, I don't think you've thought this out. Well, I, I just got the question like a minute ago. <sighs> he answers incorrectly all the time, and I have to help him. I'm so sorry. I'm not allowed that to have my own opinion. That happened a lot when he was being homeschooled as well. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to have my own opinion then. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Okay, so what would you study, Heather? I think I would study a language. So I would like to to be able to speak in different languages so i mm-hmm. would do a focus probably i probably major in one language and minor in another that Which might one? be german weight. spanish probably spanish and french maybe italian i don't know one of those three latin languages yeah they're about, all kind of the same root what about you father what would you study i would study political science and i Ooh. would run for office there you go and you would really? be an incredible person yes, in office. I, would, I don't think i could guess that mom would you have known that give us a nod or shake your head would you would have said that she's shaking her head wow in the i did not know that moment. I mean, yeah. I could see you doing that, but I would not, if, if I had to guess, I wouldn't. I I've, I've had that. people say to me, I, in fact, people from my family have said, I don't ever want to discuss religion or politics with you ever again. And so I just walked away because if I can't talk about the Either Lord, if I can talk about politics, I've got nothing else to talk about. We could mm-hmm. talk about Star Trek. Oh, yes, we could. We could. But there's, we, that's, that, that show is filled with politics, with oh, with that's true. Political so much more. You do like Star Trek more than Star Wars because Star Trek is more political. There's, yeah, there's, there's a, more there's dynamics. So, so much liberal politics, and right. there's so much there pop, of a liberal political agenda in everything they do. But it deals with society more as a whole. Than, yes, and, and and Star Wars is just a space opera. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay, mother, if you were going to go into a school in the fall, and she what, did a counseling degree, what her would degree you is study? In counseling, so and she has to choose something else. Her whole life, pastoral counseling. So, what would you study? You know, we've been talking about this now for six minutes, and uh, I'm shocked you're not ready. I think I would be a teacher. I could see oh. that. I would get my doctorate, and I'd be a teacher in psychology. Oh, man. That that would be... sounds a lot like counseling. No. <laughs> I think you're skirting it's a little the question. Bit, it's a little bit different. I guess so. That's I, because she's lived so. with a psycho for so many years, and <laughs> she wanted to figure out what in the world is he really all about. That's hilarious mm-hmm. and absolutely... Um, Absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm oh. talking about you. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. Okay. So okay. today we're going to talk quickly about three books each that we've read recently. And we'll just take a round robin approach. We'll each name one. What was the book about? Why did you like it so much? So this episode is really a book recommendation for our audience. Um, and I've got a few that I'd like to share. Who wants to go first? Heather? Okay, I didn't volunteer, just so y'all know. He just shouted my name out, so I respond. <laughs> so, my first book, okay, I'm going to share is uh, by Lorraine Pentis. Mm. It's called Jump Off the Hormone Swing. 
So men, don't be embarrassed, but we're going to talk some straight truth here. Ladies, this is good stuff. This is by a Christian author. In fact, um, I didn't realize, but she's friends with another author that I like, Linda Dillow. So if you've read anything by Linda Dillow, um, she's a fantastic one as well. She wrote a book about contentment uh, that is excellent. But, and she was a missionary for years. Well, Lorraine's her friend. And Lorraine wrote Jump Off the Hormone Swing, which is all about the physical, mental, and spiritual stuff that women face based on hormones. So it talks about everything from um, the time you're a teenager to a young woman to up to menopause. And she deals with actually practical things that are helpful physically, uh, things to eat, exercises, true medical information. But she also has uh, just a lot of practical things spiritually. And she's a fun author. So... Here's the example. Years ago, I read the only other person I've heard address this was Dr. James Dobson. And he talked about that every woman has four different seasons that she experiences within a month. She has spring, summer, fall, winter, Mm. and how those are different. And that helped me so tremendously just understanding and dealing with truth versus feelings, which is important for women and saying, you know, what I'm feeling is not truth right now. In fact, I'm probably feeling this way more so because it's fall. Mm. And so this book just does a little bit more than that. And by the way, I'll just say as I'm becoming an older woman, ladies, there are questions I've had that I have a great doctor, but um, he just didn't think to simply say, you know, this is why this is happening. Because you're getting older, and here's the scoop. Yeah. She says it and explains stuff, and it's like, oh, I get it. So it's a very practical but also a Christian spiritual book. I really have enjoyed this little journey through this book. So. Okay, well, I'm going to go next. The book that I really enjoyed recently that I just finished reading was a book called The Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger, Bob Iger, who is the oh. CEO of Disney. Um, and he's actually stepping down uh, this year. Um, a year early, uh, but fantastic book. It's basically his autobiography, and I think it's a setup for his political aspirations. I think he wants to run for president. Um, what would his slogan be? Because, <laughs> um, I mean, nothing beats feel the burn. Ma- that is the best It might ever. be making America magical again. I don't know. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'm trying to think with a name like Iger. What are you going to do? You can't, I don't know. He w- he, it's not like I like Iger. Liberal. What are you going to do with Iger? Uh-huh. He's a liberal, and but know. he is a fascinating businessman. His life story is fascinating. He began in uh, in give pre- Bob the job. <laughs> give Bob the job. You're welcome, Bob Iger. I should trademark that right now. Oh, that's funny. You're quick. That's she's, the best thing about political smart. stuff is when they come up with great, great right. things give like Bob, that. Give Bob the job. You got yeah. that marketing. Uh, she, yeah, she, I, I studied You're it for amazing. a few years. <laughs> So it was a great story, especially for those who are fans of Disney and and politics and business. There was much more business in the book than there was um, Disney, uh, but it was all Disney businesses and corporations. He was the one who basically was his whole presidency um, of Disney focused on accumulation of other businesses. He was all about mergers. So he's the one who brought mm-hmm. in Fox. He's the one who brought in Marvel. He's the one who bought Star Wars. He's the one who bought Lucasfilm. So his business he, grew by Was he by responsible merger. for ABC? Yes. Um, no, no, no. ABC was Disney's, and then it wasn't Disney's, and then it was Disney's again. But okay. he actually came in with the Disney-ABC merger deal. He worked for ABC when Disney bought them oh. under Michael Eisner. But it is a fascinating Is there something from that book that you say, this is something I really learned from it? Or he talked a lot with? about business principles and leadership. He, one thing I would say practically is being confident in dealing with those who work with you and for you. 
and expressing that confidence. Being confident of your position or of their position, their ability to get the job done. Uh, being more confident in your position okay. and your your uh, your approach to speaking to them mm. with confidence. So he, he interspersed business principles, yeah. um, but uh, but it was really good. I also liked his leadership style and that he he led in such a positive way. Um, but yeah, fascinating book, The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. Oh, mm. Wow. Okay, so now it's my turn. He also talked about how to lead in a crisis because he actually had to, um, he was opening uh, Shanghai uh, Disney. That's right. In the midst of of a lot of political turmoil in China. So he has a great relationship there. But his big thing that he talked about was during that time was when Orlando went through that shooting at the nightclub. And when that kind of terrorist attack takes place, things shut down. So they shut down Disney. So there was some interesting principles on how to deal in calmness in the midst of uh, calamity that, that were just from a worldly perspective, very, very interesting things that I probably need to take advantage of and learn uh, even better. But it was a good book on that level. I would not agree with him on many things, but it was a good book. Well, I am just finishing a book called The Power of Moments by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. I uh, No kidding. Look at that. It's r- literally on my reading list. Oh, that's is that I'm right? Who to told you about it? Do you remember? I'm wondering if y'all uh, got Pastor the recommendation. Matt. Oh, yeah. that's Matt probably why you're both reading it. And in fact, he had our whole staff read it. And it was really good because it talks about how important it is to make uh, moments uh, and how we can build people or we can encourage people, we can lift people up through the moments that of, of their lives. We can either... Be, they, can, they can be a positive force in our life or we can let things slide by that could really, really be mm. um, uh, tipping points uh, in in your ministry or in your organization. So it's about identifying those moments and then knowing what to do with those moments? Yes, that, so oh. it's, it's really good. The power, the power of moments. Okay, I've got, to, I've got to get on to that reading. Heather, what's your next book? Um, my next book is one that I... I hope it's okay for me to give a recommendation for because I'm actually still reading it. I am just almost halfway through. Um, this year, the Lord's had me thinking a lot about um, the word for the year he gave me as health, physical, emotional, spiritual, just being healthy in all these ways. Well, I'm, I always um, pray for you for eternal youth and beauty because you told me to do that like 15 years ago. Yes, that's needed. And I, you I need to pray harder, Dave. <laughs> But um, I, I really was like, you know, I'm going to do some reading about soul health and just the soul. And so I've gotten a couple of different books um, and I'm in the middle of reading, too. And one of them was just a huge disappointment. It's not at all exciting. But this one is very deep. And there may be some things. Again, I'm not quite halfway through. There may be some things that are not totally accurate. But what I like about this book is it stirs me to think. And it does challenge me. So, so far, everything's been really good. It's called Soul Keeping, Caring for the Most Important Part of You by John Ortberg. Okay. Um, and he's, I don't know, he's some pastor, preacher. He's a great pastor. He's I from Pres- he's- Menlo Park Presbyterian Church in San Francisco Bay Area. I thought it was San Diego, but San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. yeah good pastor. So, um, so have you read anything by him before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget which book it was, but I know exactly who you're talking about. So he's just talked a lot about what the soul is. There are things, like I said, that... I I highlighted, for example, there are 20 passages in the Bible that talk about God's soul. And I have to look that up, but I just highlight it to go back and research it because I'm intrigued by that. He, one of my favorite parts, he talked about the parable of the sower and the seed. You know, we hear that a lot, right? The different types of ground, different types of hearts and souls that 
that are affected in, by the word of God. But what I loved is he, I, he, I never thought about this. I'm sure I've heard it, but I've, it just, he said in such a way that hit me. He talked about the power of the seed, that it can break through all these different types of ground. And that was just encouraging me. So here's a little quote. It takes a little, just a tiny little bit of softness in the soil to give the seed a chance. The seed is strong, stronger than you can imagine. One tiny seed can break up a sidewalk if it can find a little room to breathe. The hardened soul is more vulnerable to being saved than it knows. Wow. Isn't that great? So there's just so many things like that um, that are really intriguing, that are thought-provoking. He talks, right now I'm in the chapter where he's talking about how sin damages our soul our true self and that's we're not made to to exist with that you know we're made for for greater things so it's really been so good a lot of things to think about so i'm kind of taking my time through that one but i'd like to go ahead and give it its recommendation love it okay i'm batting around two different ones is it cheatful if i just say those two and then pick the one that i want i've got two for my last one you gave us three and i'm like ah but there's four okay i'm not gonna get i'm on my second choice i'm gonna just throw two out there okay okay and then I'm going to, on my final choice, just throw one out. Okay. okay the two I'm going to throw out that I've enjoyed is Verbal Judo. You tell me about that one. And Man's Search for Meeting, Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. That, that was, um, that's a book that was written by a sociologist and psychologist who lived through the, um, through the Holocaust and in the actual camps. So he talks about what happiness is and what it's like to search for meaning in the midst of the Holocaust, Mm. as a Holocaust survivor, what it's like to come out of difficult times and what it's like to acclimate back to normality. It's really good. It's fascinating on multiple levels, um, historically, as well as understanding the psyche. Uh, But that book is good. Verbal Judo is written by a completely different type of person. (laughs) This is a cop who went into public speaking. He's a brilliant cop. He has his PhD, and and I think it's psychology as well, but you can tell a completely different type of psychologist. His basis of the premise of his book is on how to use people's emotions and verbal, um, uh, their speaking, and uh, turn it back on them in a gentle way. The word judo literally means the gentle way, how to take people's momentum verbally, turn it back on them, and bring out a peaceful outcome. And this book actually has become required reading for um, uh, police officers around the country. Um, I have police officers in our church. I've asked about this book. They're like, oh, they made us read that in, in, I forget what it's called, training, whatever it is. Um, And uh, fantastic book. It's basically on how to quell the situation he basically and he talks by the way if you're really interested in what happened with police officers but before um before uh, 1992 and rodney king and all of that and after and how police police uh presence has changed dramatically over the last 20 years from what it was um this book talks a lot about that and he's one of the great leaders in this movement on how to properly approach somebody who needs to be disciplined how to take their emotion and verb verbiage turn it back on them in a gentle way and calm the situation. All of that to be said, the Proverbs talk about this. Yeah, that's amazing. A soft answer turns away wrath. And so uh, that's that's a sum up, summation of the entire book, Verbal Judo, very that's, good book. That's, that'd be great for parents. I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Excellent for teenagers, uh, parents of teenagers. I think I'm going to read that book. That, that's it's Judo. on my list. He told me different parts of it, and I feel like we can all learn to grow in communication. So. Crystal, what you need to do is write that down and then send it to me. I don't know how to do that on my thing, so I'll I'll make sure you get it. Okay, I'll make sure you get it. So let me uh, go to my next one. Uh, I am reading a book right now. 
uh, that I am rereading a book that I got when I was in college 40 years ago. Um, it's called um, it's called None of These Diseases, and Ooh. it's a really really good book. It talks about what the Bible says when 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 the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God said, okay, all of these people died of all these plagues and they had all these problems, they had all the diseases. You saw that in Egypt. Egypt. But he said, if you'll follow the instructions that I've given you in my law, then you will have none of these diseases. And so it's, that's the, the passage of scripture that it comes from. And it's a medical doctor who, and I can't remember his last name, but uh, none of these diseases, a unique title, uh, it goes through how to avoid, how the book of Leviticus and the book of Exodus and Numbers give us God's way of keeping the Israelites uh, clean from diseases as they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. That's an amazing thing. You think Mm -hmm. about the fact that they're out in the wilderness. Two million people. Yeah. yeah, and And they make it and they're healthier when they go into the promised land than they were when they took off. Of course, all the people 20 years of age and older died, but but the the promise that's there. And so he talks, it's amazing, he talks about washing your hands. Mm. He talks about um, a lot of things that we heard during the pandemic. Yeah. Mm. So... Um, no, it, it's interesting. I was, during the pandemic, I was reading through the book of Deuteronomy. And as I did, it, it sprouted to mind not only what the Word of God says for these people, but I remember you reading this book when I was late in high school. I think it was about that time. And I remember you summarizing it. And I remember thinking, man, I got to get a hold of that book because it is fascinating to think 3,500 years ago, these rules were implemented in the society to keep them healthy and away from the diseases that they experienced in Egypt. Uh, and, and by the way, this is not a, this is not a statement by him. Uh, by Dave Tice to say, hey, you have to go back and eat kosher, and if you please God, you'll be under the law. But uh, the Bible's very clear in the book of, in the New Testament. Arise and eat whatever you want, because it doesn't make you any spiritually closer to God. Right, However, I'm still eating shrimp and lobster. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. However, in a general way, we have to understand there wasn't just a morality with the law. There was a practicality to the law. And the practicality to the law of the Jews during the time of, um, during that entire time of, in antiquity was to protect them. They were they were in crisis, yeah, and they needed they needed to uh, be, adjust their diets, yeah, so that, so that they wouldn't die. Fascinating, mm. yeah. Good. All these diseases. That's the name of the no, book. No, none of these diseases. None of these diseases. Can <laughs> <laughs> oh, I flip that one around? All of these diseases. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for book. my last book, I'm going to do what Josh did. I'm going to name two very quickly. The first one is The One Thing by Keller and Papazon. Boom. The One Thing by Keller and Papazon. That was um, assigned reading to me from my life coach. And if you've read books like um, Turkus Wrote the Best Yes, there are lots of books about streamlining and saying no to things and saying yes to the most important things. Uh, the One Thing kind of takes that to the next level. And it's mm. like, okay, what is that thing that you're going to be doing. Um, there are even, I think, worksheets from the author uh, that can be found online with great questions to make you think, like, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, how are you, what are you doing today? What is that one thing that you need to do today to accomplish that? So it's really a good book to help you think about, um, like, I have a core purpose statement now, which, you know, I never had before, which is just something to make you center. As I'm getting older, I'm thinking not just about, doing all the things, but what are the most important things that I should be doing? So that's been a good book for me. Uh, The other book is Grace Awakening. I was in the middle of reading that book. You didn't finish? Well, I had too many other things to do. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, and there are a few yeah. interesting things in that one that I'm like, eh, you know, we could talk about multitasking, but let's move on. Uh, Chuck Swindoll's book, Grace Awakening, uh, is one that I just read recently, probably in the last year, I guess. But it was one that was so good and really highly impactful. I would say it's one that every Christian should read. Mm. Um, I remember Josh and I had, had discussions about principles in that book. We had them years ago. But going through it slowly, and I just, he's one of my favorite preachers anyway. So to hear him write about these things, and it really was good for me um, and came at a perfect time where I really needed to uh, be awakened to the grace that I needed to give others, not so much the grace that God's given me. I was aware of that, but grace I needed to show others. So that was a good book for me. You can hear him, by the way, every day on KVXL 101.1 FM and KVXL101.com. Just a little. That's great. Uh, he's a so good one to have he, on there. He's great. And then Excellent. I, I'd just like to mention this. That book was given to me probably about 29 years ago. And it was given to me by a lady that was just irate with me. She was mad at me. <laughs> Full of grace. It says she gave it to me <laughs> and she wrote on the back, um, she wrote on the front cover of it. She said, uh, I... Uh, hope that this will help you stop being a rabbinical, legalistic rabbi that's constantly trying to force its flock underneath wow. the uh, the uh, the legalistic laws of uh, Moses, and will allow them to be free. Uh, that in was the name exactly of Jesus what Chuck was hoping would happen when he wrote this book. <laughs> Got put in his heart so that people could write ugly notes to one another. I, I read, I read on the, the covers. I read the that cover was, and I thought well, that was his goal. Somebody gives you know when somebody gives you something like that, it's it's really you want to throw the whole book away. Yeah. And I thought I thought no, I was taught years ago to thank God when somebody criticizes you because sometimes somebody that's angry with you will point out a fault that somebody who loves you wow. and doesn't want to point out that fault uh, will. Uh, because they don't want to hurt you, they'll tell you things that you need to hear. Mm. And so uh, I thanked the Lord for that. I thanked the <laughs> Lord for the note. I thanked yeah. the Lord for the woman. And then I read the book, and it really was transforming. And I could see why she thought I was a legalist and uh, a mean, nasty person. It really, mm. It's really important that we take truths, that we not allow somebody who is angry at us to mm. cause us to neglect truth that might be beneficial for us because I have a real, I, I have an, it's easy for me to get legalistic. Uh, and, and, uh, so that was very helpful. For well, me. I'm glad you, you read the book that I gave you. That was, <laughs> it wasn't Heather. So thank our, you, thank you Heather for the book. Our audience she sent it to me when she was four. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Wait, 28 years ago, you were four years old. No, that's awesome. Well, I was just giving you some grace there. You know, it's yeah. amazing grace. I appreciate my, that. My last book that I'll mention is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I thought it's that was recent. a no-no. Fantastic book. Children, don't do that. No, friends, listen, you need, to, you need to get the book, Talking to Strangers. I'll sum it up quickly. He basically says, where have we gotten to as a society? And the answer is we need to be able to talk to those that we don't know and to see... Uh, to to see uh, other perspectives. He deals a lot with the concept of bias toward truth and how to balance natural cynicism and skepticism with um, the ability to believe the best in others. It, it, it was a fascinating book on Americanism and where America is today. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to mention two or three books right now since you guys took one wow. time. And we okay. did two. We okay. did no three. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> These are just a couple of fun things. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm Lebanese. My dad was a friend of a of an old comic named Danny Thomas, and at um, Christmas time, um, uh, Ma- Matthew, uh, my other son, uh, gave a uh, gave me a book called Make Room for Daddy, which mm-hmm. was which was uh, which actually Make Room for Danny, which was the life story of Danny Thomas, uh, a Lebanese uh, second generation immigrant, and I just have found that fun to read. I also read a, a, another book by another fun guy that I that I grew up watching, The Life Story of Dick Van Dyke. Aww. And uh, that was fun. That was fun to read and to hear his story. So just for fun, let me share with you the last book that I would like to just mention, and that is um, Zig Ziglar. I guess I could say anything by Zig Ziglar is great, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Uh, but he wrote um, uh, Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World. Really wow. great book. I didn't know that he did anything with family. It's interesting. Oh, oh, man, just terrific. And he's got some great kids that are carrying on his legacy. And I, mm. I just, that was great. And then Mom and I read together Born to Win by Zig Ziglar, which is just, I love uplifting, uh, encouraging books. I'm, I've got the gift of uh, exhortation and encouragement, and therefore, I love to be encouraged because people that are encouragers often get depressed mm. when they're by themselves. Yeah. And to read and listen to somebody else uh, with a gift of encouragement is uh, great. So That's good counsel. Zig Ziglar. Um, What's the last one? Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World and then Born to Win. Born to Win. Incredible. Now, what we want you to do is go to Amazon and buy all 14 of these books <laughs> right now and, uh, and check them out. No, but seriously, thank you for listening uh, to this episode. This has been episode 72 with the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather with our special guest, David Tice. The best books we've ever read. Next week, or our next episode is episode 73, and we're going to get back into angelology and talk about this concept. Satan, his great but limited power. Oh yes, mm-hmm. he has great power, but but how much limits are found in his great power. We're going to talk about that in our next episode. Yeah, if you'd like to connect with us further, be sure to like our Facebook page, The Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. That's where we can interact with you. We love reading your comments. We'll take requests for upcoming episodes and answer questions. Now, we want to end by asking you to do one thing for us. That's right. One thing we want you to do is we want you to go on our iTunes podcast right now. This minute. And uh, give uh, give us a positive review of five stars and a actual written review. This will help people find the podcast. And you got to remember one thing. When the Bible talks, you better listen.